Um, so um, as many of you know, I, I like to bike, and not just mountain bike, but um, if it's a bicycle, I like to bike. Um, uh, one of these days, I'm going to convince my wife to let me get a motorcycle. I'm trying to get that. It's like, you know, I get tired of pedaling. But um, as it's been warming up, I've been finally getting back out, and I like to do that. Um, and road bike is, is okay, but um, it's one of those things. I do different races and stuff. I do road biking too. And so I was with my oldest son. He's the only one of my kids that can stomach me enough um, to actually go out on this. Apparently, I'm not a very good teacher, and I'm really angry um, and kind of a jerk um, is how they describe me. But um, he, he managed to push through all of it and, um, and to go with me. And so it's one of the things we do. Um, so we're out just a few weeks ago, and, and we're riding. And again, we're on road bikes. And you probably don't know, most people don't know, but road bikes have really, really skinny tires. They're really great for the road. They're rock hard. You can go really fast on pavement. Um, but if you take it off the road, it's terrible. It cuts through any type of soggy soil like a butter knife, like into butter. It's horrible. And so we're riding, and I live out in Vertigris, and we're out on roads. Um, we get under the turnpike here, all paved, all that. We're coming back and there's this trail off into the woods. And, and my son says, what's that? And I said, I don't know. And he says, we should check it out. And to which I, without hesitation, said, yeah, let's do that. Um, and so um, we take off down um, this muddy trail. And it's good for a little bit, you know. And it's like, this is exciting. This is an adventure. I like adventures. And um, so we're riding along the Vertigus River on road bikes. And that, again, that may not mean much to you, but to anybody in the biking community, I look like a moron. Um, I guarantee you, luckily nobody was out there because we're in the woods <laughs> on, on our road bikes. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse because the farther back we go, the less of a trail there is and the more muddy it is. And finally, we get under 66. Um, you guys have probably seen that, all the overgrowth and everything. It's not really meant for um, any type of bicycle, much less the bike that we're on. And my son finally looks at me and he's like, why did you decide to do this? And I said, I said, well, you said we should check it out. And he's like, yeah, but I mean, you took like no convincing. You just hopped right on it. And I tried to explain to him, like, I have no impulse control. I mean, is there nothing about my life that's like that's revealed this to you? Like, I like adventure. Like, I like change. And yeah, I mean, let's go off-roading in our road bikes. And it was horrible. Uh, we finally made it back to the road. Um, but, but I say all that to say that there's a, there's a broken part in us sometimes that um, that does deal with that impulse control, right? And that's a funny way um, and a funny story to kind of show something that's lighthearted. Obviously, there's no harm in that. It wasn't too destructive to anything and anything like that. But um, it, it's really the way that many of us approach different situations in our lives. Um, we're, we're going along and we were having a good time and everything was good. We're on the, the trail, the path that we should be on. Um, and, and we will be that way in life until something that looks interesting or entertaining or appealing or pleasing or something comes along. And, and what do we do? We deviate. Um, and we're sometimes not prepared or equipped. That was our situation, right? We were not prepared, nor were we equipped to go off-roading um, that day. Um, but um, sometimes in life, we're not prepared or equipped. Or, or sometimes it's just something that should always be off-limits, that there's no amount of preparation, no amount of equipment um, that would make those choices all right. But, but we do it, right? We give in. It's temptation. And I won't have anybody raise your hand, but if I were to ask who in here struggles with some type of temptation, if we're being honest, it's all of us. 
Some of them are very destructive, right? Some of you are tempted with um, horrific substance abuse, um, and I've been in that season. Um, thank God he's delivered me from it. Um, but um, that may, may not be your story. You may still find yourself struggling with, you know, do I go to a recovery meeting tonight or, or do I go get high or drunk? Um, lust is a huge one, especially for men, right? Um, and we have these awful, awful things, these cellular devices that expose so many men to um, pornographic material and, and things of that nature nature that are unhealthy, right? And it's, a, it's an off-brand. It's, it's a deviation and a temptation um, that is so easy for us to take. And I could go on and on and on, right? Some of you have to pass the casino on your way home from work, and it's a struggle every day, every day to drive past the casino so that you can make it here with your paycheck to pay your bills, right? It, we have those. And, and it, it can be as simple as, I just can't stay out of the pantry, I'm diabetic, I'm overweight, my doctors told me, but I just can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, right? And it's temptation. And, and what I wanna do is we're gonna start a new series and it's not gonna all be about this particular thing, but it's called God Wins. God Wins, and we're gonna talk about temptation tonight. Um, but what I wanna do over the next um, undetermined amount of time, um, I haven't thought that far ahead yet, um, is talk about the victory God's given us. That... Um, Oftentimes, we view the things of Christ as fire insurance. That's, that's what I did. Coming into the church many years ago, um, 12-ish, really when I started to get um, really plugged in for the first time, that, that I really thought that that was it, that God was just about not going to hell. Um, and I was like, I don't want to go to hell. I remember the first time I, I gave my life to, to the Lord, it was uh, in this little tiny church, and it was pretty much represented with this opportunity, like, hey, do you want to um, go to heaven with your parents, or do you want to burn in hell forever? Um, and so I thought that was it, you know, like, I don't want to burn in hell forever. I'll do whatever this is. This sounds good right here. Um, and, and that's kind of that mindset that we get, though. And, and then, after we kind of grow in that a little bit, um, a lot of people, because the church is full of unhealthy people, me being one of them, um, begin to um, get really legalistic or burden us. And then we think, man, not only um, do I gotta show up here, but they're just trying to keep me from living life. And, and we get this distorted view of, of all things God, all things church, and, and everything else. And, and many of us, if we're being honest, um, we want to put it in its place, right? I want enough God so that I've secured my eternity, um, but not too much God that it actually impacts the things that I want to do uh, Monday through Saturday. I'm sure none of you fall into that category, but, right? but that's, that's, what, that's what some people do. That's what I tried to do. I want just enough. I don't want just enough. Well, the problem with that, there's lots of problems with that, but the one I want to talk about is it, it keeps us from experiencing um, the fullness of the gospel. Like, and, and I'm not talking like, um, I, what I'm talking about is that God's done so much more than, than free us from an eternity of damnation. Like, there's things that God wants to do right now in your life. Um, he wants to mold us and shape us. Um, he doesn't want us white-knuckling everything through life, right? Um, that he, he wants us to, to, to become more like him, um, to go through sanctification, to have, God wants you to have a good marriage. Um, God wants you to have good sex with your wife, your, your husband. I, I don't know if you, you knew that, right? There's just things in your life that, that he's come so that you can experience to a greater degree than the rest of the world. But the lie we buy into is that when we step into church, there's a diminished return. 
that somehow there's a, a withhold, like we're being, something's being withheld from us. But God's given us great victory over these things that, that are in our lives. And, and that's what I wanna talk about through God wins. And so um, John 16, 33, as I've made everyone uncomfortable and you've um, pulled back some, um, Jesus says this, um, uh, um, my poor kid over here is like, dad said sex, I heard her. Um, and uh, see, at least you're not my children, um, you know? Um, <laughs> So it says, uh, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. And again, this is Jesus speaking. He says, here on earth, you will have many trials. Say many trials. Many trials and sorrows. Um, and I, I, I want to I emphasize this. I'm not selling you um, or trying to convince you that there's a version of life where you will not have a hard time. Um, and actually, in some ways, what I'm, what I'm trying to encourage you to will be more difficult It'll be more difficult. Rewards will be greater, um, but it'll be harder. But he says in this life, you'll have many trials and sorrows. And, and any of us that have been alive for any amount of time know that, right? We've experienced the hardship of life. Um, but he goes on and he says this. Uh, he says, but take heart. Say, take heart. Take heart. And, and the word here, heart, um, and I'll, I'm going to butcher it because I can't say any of these words again. If it's more than two syllables, I struggle. Um, um, tharsio. Um, and it, it means this, uh, be of good cheer, confident, hopeful, and bold. So he says, but take heart. Now, think about that. He says, in this life, there'll be many trials and sorrows, but that word there, be of good cheer. What well, does it make any sense? Right? Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. He says, but be hopeful and confident. Be bold. Behold, and he goes on to take heart because, say because. Now, because not, not because you're strong, not because you have it figured out, not because you landed the perfect career or job and, and everything's where you've got the, the best wife or the, the best husband. No, take heart because I, the I being Jesus, have overcome the world. That, that he came and he has the victory, right? Have you guys ever heard that type of terminology, right? He has the victory. Um, now, it's over so much more than, than eternity in hell, that he has the victory. Like, he's, he's came so that we can, again, live and be more like him. There, there's a significance there that we miss, and it's so pertinent to those of us who find ourselves struggling um, with these same type of walls that, that cause us to be in a place of, of pursuing recovery of any kind, whether it's substance abuse or, or thought processes or anything, that God has um, this victory. But take heart, because I've overcome the world. Now, when we look at the world, the world is sinful. The world is broken. It's, it's death and disease and, and destruction and, and depravity and all of these things. And Jesus is saying, I've overcome this, right? This, this mess, this garbage heap. Take heart, I've overcome the world. And so what I want to talk about is, is how God wins, how God wins, and tonight in particular, how when we submit our temptations to him, outside of God, we'll, we'll fall, I guarantee you. Eventually, you'll give in. But with God, God has the victory over that. We see that with Jesus being led into the desert for 40 days, right? We see the victory he has over the world, and that was before um, he went to the cross and, and defeated death and sin, right? Um, that, and so when it comes to our temptations, that if we submit to God, we submit to his word, if we begin to live a life um, that reflects his will for us and, and fully surrender to that, 
we can take heart because he's overcome the world. And so we're going to talk about temptation tonight. In life, we'll face many trials and difficult situations. And oftentimes, I get this, it feels like those trials will overcome and destroy us. But there's another way. There's another way to pursue them. So tonight, as I start, I want you to open up your Bibles to James 1, James chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 12. Uh, if you do not have your Bible, you can use the Version Bible app. We put all of our notes up there for you. You can go to the events tab and you can, you can look there and, and you can follow along with us. We'll have most of them up here for you as well. Um, James was written by the half-brother of Jesus um, and he uh, oversaw like the, the church in Jerusalem, right, of Jewish believers later on. Um, and he says this, James 1, verse 12, he says, God blesses those who patiently endure. Say endure endure testing and temptation. Now, endure, you know, it's the same as endurance. It means you, you see it through. Patient endurance. It's a suffering. Um, it, it's not always fun. Again, I, I started off with a story about biking. Um, there's, there's times that I bike for this amount of time that my body is enduring it. It's no longer fun. It hurts. Um, and and it's, it's, it's a struggle, right? And so he's saying this. I mean, there's going to be that element. Anytime we endure, it's a difficulty with it. But we live in a society that gives up instantly. It's like, I, it hurts. I can't do this. But God blesses those who endure, who patiently endure testing and temptation. Not saying there's not going to be in temptation, but God blesses those who endure it. Afterwards, they will receive a crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Now, that's significant. I always, anytime I share this verse, I want to point out that God doesn't tempt you. I've heard that type of theology. God is testing me with these things. Now, God may give you over to Satan, allow Satan to tempt you. We see evidence of that in scripture. Peter um, was, a, um, Satan was allowed to sift Peter and those types of things, um, but, but God doesn't do that. Um, God is not going to tempt you, and um, God never tempts anyone, but he says this after that. He says, temptation comes from our own desires, from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Point number one tonight is this. Our temptations come from within, and it's important to understand that. Well, why? Why is it important? Because we need to, to know us, right? We're all unique. You're all beautiful snowflakes out there, right? Um, each one special in, in, in your design. I'm being, uh, I'm going to stop right there. But anyways, you are different, right? The things that, that tempt me, they're likely not the things that tempt you, at least in the same way, right? Um, no matter what it is, there, our temptations are different. Now, there's some crossovers. If I ask men in here to raise their hands that struggle to not look at a woman's cleavage at the checkout counter, um, you would have to ask your wife to leave the room, right? I can go there, right? Right? No, men? No, you're like, no, I ain't, it's a trap. I'm not doing it. Right? But that's, that's the truth, right? And we have to catch ourselves and be like, no, that's not. That's not right. We have to, but there's some crossover there. But temptation, we have to know ourselves. Knowing that, knowing that women entice us men, you know what we shouldn't do? Look at women that aren't our spouses. 
Right? No, we, we got to know where it comes from. Women, I mean, you have your same type of struggles, right? There's things that, that are kind of blanket for, for most women and things like that. You have to know this, this comes from within. There's something about you. Some of it applies to all of us. Some of it's unique to you, but you need to know you. What is a temptation for you? What is the temptation for you? If you've struggled with alcoholism, you probably shouldn't go around an open bar. Really ever, right? That, that should not be something that at any point in your life, you go and sit at an open bar, not to have a conversation, not to share the gospel. I've heard that while I go to the bar to preach Jesus, um, you know, just whatever nonsense, right? No, just stop. Stop, know you. Know that your temptation, first and foremost, it comes from within. Satan leverages it. He didn't create it. He didn't create anything. He takes what's already there and he begins to push our buttons, tempt our flesh, bring us to places to entice it, right? To drag it out of us so he can drag us away. And we need to know that that temptation comes from within. We need to be aware of who we are. Be aware of our struggles. Be aware of, of strongholds in our lives and, and things that, that keep us from fulfilling God's plan and purpose, whatever that may be. Again, there's things that I just won't do. There's places that I'm not going to go. It's just the fact of the matter, right? I'm not gonna go there. Why? Because it's not good for me. My wife and I, um, something that we do, sexual content's a big thing. The world's perverted. Um, and, and there's not anyone who's exempt from falling into that type of perversion. So we, we've reconciled knowing us, and it's not like this has been an issue in our marriage or anything, but we will not watch anything that's sexually explicit in any way, shape, or form, right? It's a boundary. Why? Because it's not healthy. It's not healthy, and we know that there's always potential, no matter who you are, whether you're a pastor or a pastor's wife, right? It doesn't matter. We're not going to open that door because those things speak to the brokenness of people, and we have to know this temptation, these temptations our temptations come from within. Um, turn your Bible to Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verse 29. Um, Matthew's uh, one of the Gospels. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are our Gospels. Matthew's the beginning of our New Testament. Um, the Gospels tell about the life and the ministry of Jesus. Matthew 5 um, is where the Sermon on the Mount um, begins. It's Jesus' most famous sermon, um, and he you know, gave it like on a hillside type of situation, hence the name Sermon on the Mount. Um, but a little bit farther down in it, um, in, in Matthew chapter 5, he's actually talking about idolatry, um, but it's very revealing about temptation um, and things that we face in our life in general. Now, though in this particular context, when he's talking about this, he seems to be focused on idolatry. I believe it's something that um, can be applied to anything in our life um, that we may struggle with. And so Matthew 5 verse 29, he says this, so if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out. Say gouge it out. Gouge it out and throw it away. That's brutal, right? And he's not, I don't think he's thinking, you know, saying this literally. Um, hopefully all of you come back with both eyes next week. Um, but there's a lesson there, right? There's a lesson there. Gouge it out. And he says, it's better for you. Say it's better for me. Better for me to lose one part of my body than for my whole body to be thrown into hell. You ever personalize the Bible, right? Like if, if this is causing a problem in my life, throw it out. 
He goes on, I like this next part um, because it's equally as violent. Um, and he says this, and if your hand, even your strong hand, I can never read strong hand without thinking of that movie. Was it scary movie? This is my strong hand. Um, you're welcome. You guys are all distracted now. Um, and if your hand, even your strong hand, causes you to sin, cut it off. Say cut it off. Robert, I'm gonna need you to get it together, okay? Um, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now, those are powerful statements. Now, again, it's talking about um, this type of temptation and these things that we struggle with. And point number two is this, we must be willing to go the distance. We must be willing to go the distance. Here is the problem that I see in my own life with things that tempt me. I'm not willing to do difficult things. I'm not. Difficult things are difficult, right? Hard things are hard. I don't, I don't want to. It's uncomfortable. It's much easier. It's much easier if I just continue down this path um, and, and just embrace what's going on. I'll tell you um, one. I'll, I'll go back to the, uh, the, the TV example with my wife. Um, I, I struggle with the fact I miss out on good shows. Um, I've never seen Yellowstone, not because I don't love the whole premise for what it is, but by looking at what's in there, that would break the, the kind of covenant agreement my wife and I have about what we'll watch. Um, and it would be easier to give into that and to make an exception to our rule. But where would it end? And that's what we do. We, we're not willing to go the distance on things. Now, that's an example of success um, for our lives. Now, trust me, there's plenty of examples of us bending our rules and, and doing things that are easy um, and, and forsaking all of that. So don't, don't, don't act like um, I'm on some type of pedestal here because I'm not. I, I struggle, right? But we're not willing to go the distance. And Jesus' words here on the sermon, again, if your eye causes you to lust, gouge it out. If your strong hand causes you to sin, cut it off. That's extreme. But it's necessary, isn't it? I know when I got sober, um, when, I, when I really resolved that this was gonna be me and I was gonna move um, into um, just man, really serving God in the church. And many of you have heard this before, but I had a friend I grew up with and um, we did everything together. I was said we committed all the felonies together, right? Um, he was uh, very close to me, uh, loving him, I still love him to this day. Um, but early on in my recovery, it became very evident to me that what everybody had been telling me for so long that, hey, you and you guys are like firing gasoline, you need to separate, it finally dawned on me. And when I had that overwhelming sense that God's, God's calling me to this and this is necessary, I had to call my friend and uh, I had to tell him, I can't see you right now. And that was the most difficult thing I've ever had to do in my life. It really was somebody I love so dearly. And for, I think, two years, we didn't see each other, maybe longer than that, until I was in a place that I knew I could go and be around him and not be tempted to party. Now, thank God he, he brought us back together in a different season, and, and I get to journey with him in a different way now, but that's hard. That's going the distance, right? That, that is, man, making sure that, that at all costs that, that I'm going to do what's necessary for me to live a life that honors God. And, and we miss that. And we think that, 
that, man, Caleb and I have used this on our show a lot, that it's like hippie Jesus, right? And he shows up, he said, man, it's all good. Just, you do you, and, and, and just love, just love, everything be love. Now, he's actually calling us to significant action in our lives, to make hard choices. And when it comes to temptation, if you wanna overcome it, if you wanna have success, and, and you know your temptation, right? You know your secret sin, what's in the closet that you don't bring to Sunday or Monday, right? You know what it is. We don't need to point it out here. It's between you and God, but are you willing? Are you willing to do what's hard? Are you willing to go the distance? Are you willing to gouge it out? Cut your hand off. To do whatever it takes to live a life that honors God. But that's what he's calling us to here, right? A life that honors God. So when it comes to temptation, we must be willing to go the distance. Um, if you guys would, as we wrap up, uh, if you'd go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we'll be in verse 12. 1 Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul. Um, I love Paul's story um, because he was somebody who persecuted Christians. He was a guy that um, didn't believe, um, didn't recognize God, uh, like Jesus is God. And he was on his way actually to arrest and, and carry Christians away. And he was on his way to Damascus and he encountered God um, after the resurrection. Um, bright light, he's knocked down, he's blinded, and he surrenders to God's plan and purpose. Radical Radical transformation. I always think about this, side note, uh, complete rabbit trail. This is why I try not to have this much caffeine before I preach. But could you imagine, there was probably somebody sitting in like a home group with Paul and Paul like had murdered or persecuted one of their family members. Completely awkward. That'd be just so strange. Um, but 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12, he says this, if, you're think, <clears throat> if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. You ever heard that pride comes before the fall, right? Um, <clears throat> and why would he say that? And he's addressing Christians that should have it together. And the truth is that we don't. Like, we all have our things. Um, and there's, there's times that we think that we're good to go, that there's, there's nothing that's going to knock us off of this, this spiritual high we got. Like, I've encountered God. I've got it together. I'm riding this thing to the grave, baby. Eventually, you're going to hit a valley. You're going to stumble. You're going to be faced with the thing, right? The thing that you kept in the closet you didn't tell anybody about that you pretend it's not there. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come. And, and that's what Paul's talking about here. Be careful. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. There, there's things that will it'll show up that will surprise you, that will knock you off balance, things that you don't expect that will go back to the beginning, entice us and drag us away. So if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. I love that because it does two things. One, it helps us to realize that when we whine and complain that we're going through things that nobody understands, it reminds us that that's not true and we need to suck it up just a little bit. Um, not to diminish you know, what you're going through, but just to recognize we all go through things, right? There's somebody out there that actually can relate. And there's probably somebody out there that has it worse than you. Um, but temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. 
And God is faithful. I like that second part because then it reminds us too, it puts it back in context. You're struggling, you're suffering. That's a guarantee in life. But God is what? Faithful. God's faithful. He's faithful for them, you know, the other struggling people. And if he was faithful for them, he'll be faithful for you too. He'll be faithful if you do. And And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. I love that. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, when, not if, and, and I can't tell you how many people I, I talk to, like, it's never going to happen. Well, it's, I'll just, that, that's not, not going to be me again. It'll never be an issue. And I'm just like, have you always been this stupid? Like, or is this a new thing? Um, is this how you got here? Like, because... The truth of the matter is, again, we go through trials. That's a guarantee. Um, it, it's like, it's gonna happen. Sorrow is gonna, gonna be present in your life. Temptation is gonna be there. Those things are as certain as income tax, right? They really are. Like, you're gonna pay taxes and you're gonna have a crap life. And God's gonna be faithful. Those are certainties. When you are tempted... He will show you a way out so that you can endure. And that last part's really important. Like, not only does he show you out, but show you a way out, but so you can endure. Remember, endure is kind of like suffering, right? <laughs> endurance is not always comfortable. It's not like he takes you to the valley of, of butterflies. No, it's like, I'm going to walk with you through the valley of death. <laughs> and sometimes we think it was supposed to be butterflies. God, where's that, that, that meadow in the spring and all the the fluffy lambs, like, this is, this is terrible, this is sketchy, but he says, I will show you a way out. Point number three is this, God will lead us towards victory over our temptation. God will, um, if, we, if we submit to him, and I know that's a dirty word, we don't like that, because that requires that you make him Lord, right, that you acknowledge the authority that he is in your life, that you seek his will above your will. There's all of these things attached to it, and in none of it's easy. It's all very difficult. But when we do these things, and we don't wait till we've burned our life down, like we start with God and, and don't get to God after everything's a wreck and we've messed it up. If we start with him, God will reveal to us a path forward. Now again, I want to remind you, one, you'll endure. So you may have created a really bad circumstance and God's gonna let you endure it, but he'll see you through it and you'll be okay. May not be everything you want. Again, I wanna make that very clear, but you will endure it and you will find yourself one day, if you continue to endure it and continue to follow him, you'll find yourselves in the presence of God. But, but you have to endure it, Right? And again, God will lead you out of your temptation. He will show you a path forward. Not every wall we face has to be the end. It doesn't. God will show us a path forward and we can endure with him and you can overcome these things in your life. You can experience the joy and the peace of God if you'll surrender him. When it comes to our temptation, God has the victory. And God will lead us to victory. No matter what it is we're tempted to in life, and it may be 
very uncomfortable for you, but he will see you through. I want you to do this. Or actually, I got a couple more passages I want to share. Um, Galatians 5.16, it says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. I love that again. That's Paul. Paul wrote um, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, wrote Galatians here too. Um, and it, it speaks to that. He shows us a way out, but it, it's through a, a leading of the Holy Spirit, right? Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Then you won't be giving in to temptation. You allow him to lead in every facet, in every way. And then in Romans 13, 14, he says this, instead clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and let yourself think of ways, and don't let yourself think of ways to indulge your your evil desires. When we surrender to God, when we submit to him in our temptation, it actually leaves us with a choice a choice to give in to all of it, right? And to satisfy our flesh or a choice to follow God. That, that's the choice we're all presented with. And again, God, he'll lead us towards victory over our temptation. And when he leads us, the way out, the way out is always back to him. It's, it's always back to him. I want you to do this. Uh, right where you're at, I want you to bow your head. I want you to close your eyes and... Um, I want you to think about the things in your life that, that have been struggles. You know, there's, again, I, I get this. There's, there's things that we keep secret. All of us have them. We carry them. What's yours? Begin to think about what are those things that, that gnaw at you, that entice you, that seek to drag you away, those, those temptations of the flesh that that you try to keep hidden, that you try to keep to yourself and begin to think about those, but, but not so that you can have shame and guilt about it, but so that you can give it to God, right? That, that's what we wanna do in all of this, in, in our life and our recovery is, is submit things to him, surrender those areas to God and, and allow him to begin to deal with them. And so that's what I want you to do. I want you to think about what are your hard places, your secret sin. And I want you to begin to pray over it and say, God, just, just deal with this. Lord, I give it to you. Lord, I don't want it anymore. Father, God, give me the strength and the courage to walk away from it. Lord, um, God, begin to remove this from me, this temptation, this desire. Help me to grow in wisdom and understanding. Help me to grow, God, in surrender and submission to you. Just make that your prayer for just a moment. God, we thank you. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity, God, to come to you with those broken places. Lord, what a privilege to not feel the need and for it to not be necessary for us to be clean before we come to you, Lord. And God, in in all of the the brokenness, God, all of the, the shame and the guilt and God, the the hidden desires, God, the things we keep from other people. Lord, as we come to you tonight, as we present them to you, Lord, I pray, I pray that you would deal with those struggles. God, that your Holy Spirit would just grow in us the fruit of self-control, Lord. That you would help us, God, to, to follow you, to come back to you, Lord, as you lead us away from it. Help us to come to the foot of the cross every time. 
And Lord, I thank you for those that are here that, that have heard your message, that have heard that truth. Lord, help them to, to seat that in their heart and their subconscious to know, Lord, that any time they're faced with anything like that, that they can come back to you, that they can bring it to you, that they can surrender it to you, and you'll move. We thank you, God. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for just our, our time tonight, for the opportunity just to be in your presence. We thank you for the ways that you have moved already and the ways that you will move. And we pray all of that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, James 1, 22 says not to just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. And um, because of that, we've got some action steps for you. Number one is this. Avoid situations that will potentially lead to temptation. I know, right, mind-blowing. Like, yes, you can actually not go to the trap house or to the bar, right, or, or any of those places. You can make different choices and not put yourself in situations to be in front of temptations. And you can't do that with everything, but you can do it with a lot of things. And so if you can, avoid situations that will potentially lead to temptation. Number two, if you find yourself struggling... Go to God immediately, immediately, not after you've committed the act, right, and burned your life down and made the bad decision, and then you feel bad, and you come, I God, I messed up again. No, before all of that, before all of that, go to God, go to God. Number three, be willing to do hard things. Gouge out your eye, cut off your hand, whatever it takes. Be willing to do the hard things and follow God towards victory. Your temptations are not harder. He will not lead you to something that you can't, like, that's too great, right? He'll, he'll, he'll show you a way out. Do hard things and follow God towards victory. Everything we talked about tonight um, is centered around Jesus. You know, we, we know this to be true, that without Christ, um, we, we struggle, right? That we're enslaved to sin. But with Christ, things change. And so if you're in here tonight, um, maybe that's you. Maybe you're on the other side. Like you've never made that decision, that commitment. Well, one, I want to tell you, it is the greatest decision you can ever make. It's, it's one I've never regretted, not even for a single moment. But if you're in here tonight and you've never done that, I want to encourage you to start there. That's the beginning. It's where we, man, we recognize that, that Jesus was who he said he was, that he was um, God in the body, the son of God, and that he did what he said he would do, which was die for our sins so that we could be forgiven and free, free from the power of sin. And so if you're in here tonight and you've never accepted him and made him Lord, I want to encourage you to do that in just a moment. We're going to have some people down here at the front. They would love to pray with you and for you so that you can make the greatest decision of your life and it's to become a Jesus follower. Number two, maybe you've, you've done that, but you've gotten off track, you, you've drifted. Temptation was, was a lot and you didn't handle it right. And, and you wanna know, can I come back? Can I try again? I've been out there for far too long. I, I want you to know that you absolutely can. That, that we serve a God of second chances. And so if you need that tonight, same offer stands here in just a moment. We're going to have some people down here at the front. They would love to pray with you and for you so you can make the greatest decision a second time and to come back home. And then maybe you need prayer. You just want to know, will, will somebody pray with me? Absolutely. 
This is the house of prayer. And then lastly, maybe you need a white chip. There's nothing significant about this. It's a piece of plastic. But there's something, there's something significant about when we step out in faith. We have a great example of that, right? When we step out in front of people and saying, I need you, God. God, God responds to that kind of faith. And so if you're in here tonight and you need to pick up a white chip, I want to encourage you to step out of your seat and come down front. So for any of those things tonight, to give your life to Jesus for the first time, to recommit, to pick up a white chip or just to receive prayer, I want to encourage you to step out of your seat boldly, come down front and join us. If everybody would, if you'd stand to your feet as we close in worship.